0: Hey everybody, welcome back to The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. It's good to be back with you all starting this uh, season seven of the podcast. We're going to be talking about uh, discipleship during this strange time of the coronavirus and how we can remain faithful uh, doing that. Uh, So today we're going to be talking to A.J. Swanson and Lynn Grosso. Um, as you will hear in just a minute, I mispronounce her last name. So uh, anyway, it's Grosso, uh, but I uh, enjoyed this conversation a lot. I think you're going to find it helpful to hear what's been working for them, what hasn't been working for them, as well as just kind of struggles in, in youth ministry during this unique season. Um, before we get to that, I just want to remind you to check out our Bible studies. If you go to rym.org, under our resource tabs, you will find that. Uh, We have uh, several free Bible studies that are free of download. If you're kind of waiting last minute and and don't have a Bible study in place uh, for your Wednesday night activities, for Sunday school, for any kind of small group, uh, you can use those. We released our Eschatology 101 study um, back in the spring, and that is a free 12-week study with several others and and more on their way. So we hope you enjoy that. I hope you enjoy this conversation uh, with AJ and Lynn. Here it is. Today, I welcome Lynn Grosso and AJ Swanson uh, to the podcast. Uh, good to see you guys today.
1: Good to How see you, John.
0: Y'all, y'all doing okay? Yeah,
2: I'm doing very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Good. And, and I guess before I started recording, I should have made sure Grosso, did I pronounce your last name right?
2: It's Grosso, yeah. Grosso. <laughs> Just
0: as pretty as it looks, Jay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> right, so, um, should have asked that before we started recording, but anyway, right. that that'll be out there. So, sorry about that. <laughs> um, so, it is good to see you guys. Um, it's good to to connect with you guys. And as I was saying before podcast uh, recording, uh, thanking you guys for taking the time to to come on. Um, why don't you both tell uh, our listeners. Uh, Just a little bit about yourselves, where you're from, where you you currently are. And and Lynn, why don't we we start with you?
2: Sure. I'm Lynn Grosso. I am currently the Assistant Youth Director and Young Adult Director at Westminster Church in Suffolk, Virginia. I've been here about five years. Born and raised in this area. I love it. I love pizza and teenage (laughs) girls and all of those things. Um, And it's been a real, yeah, I really love working in youth ministry and working with uh, students and then also games all the time and lots of other fun people so
0: that's oh yeah it. and and I've already got to jump in and say okay favorite pizza um, maybe style you know deep dish New York style but then also Ooh. toppings we got to
2: <laughs> no, I am like classic for days. I'm so happy with just like the cheesiest, sauciest pizza on mm. um, just like a normal crust. I don't mm. do a that like, heat dish. I don't do a stuffed crust. No, mm. I just do a good saucy pizza. Yeah. I,
1: like <laughs> I, I really should I, have eaten this morning.
0: I know. I was going <laughs> <was gonna> to say, <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing for lunch now.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <salad>? yeah okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome. AJ. Yeah. Tell everybody a little bit about you.
1: Um, I'm AJ Swanson, AJ Swanson, and I've been um, at my current church. This is my tenth year. Um, wow. I never thought I'd be. Uh, <laughs> when I started this journey, I did not think I'd be in youth ministry for ten years, and uh, um, now I, I definitely might turn into a lifer. I feel um, <laughs> nice. There you go. But, hey, that ain't a bad thing. I love. Oh, I love yeah, my job. Right. Um, you know my original third graders I graduated off last year and now I got my original second graders so it's been fun to watch the community grow up Um, so I'm the youth and children's guy so I get I get both sides of the coin Um, so I do get to interact with the second graders that I got to um, hopefully graduate this year and um, man it's fun it's fun Um, I I, know I I favorite food I'm in Texas Um, Mm y'all it's barbecue um, if it's mooing, uh, I like it. Um, <laughs> my father-in-law was down here last week and it's like, you all can get steaks like at half an inch. I'm like, y'all, you're not even going to the right butcher. Like we can get them even bigger <laughs> than that. Awesome. Um, so it's good stuff. It's good stuff. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, yeah. I got, I just had a fourth kid. So I'm running on <laughs> coffee. Uh, um, yeah, that's what I've got right here. Man, so uh, thank God for uh, pecan roast. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a fun month. So yeah,
0: and how ha- how old is the fourth?
1: Uh, Caspian is now. Um, uh, I got to do the math in my head, and math went away with the fourth baby. Sure. Um, uh, about a month old. So okay,
0: oh, goodness, man. So yeah, congratulations. Married. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And and look, I meant to ask you this before. Okay, you're, you're in Frisco, Texas, yes. correct? Okay, we our family has really gotten into Dude Perfect.
1: Oh man, they, I see them around town. Yeah, are you serious? Like, yeah, I pass their I pass their uh, like shooting center on the way to work every morning. Ah, uh, man, so it's good. It's funny though when you see them in town, like they are definitely celebrities at this point. So like, sure. They got their hats on low and they don't make eye contact with anybody, right? <laughs> um, but they're awesome guys. They have a great reputation in the community mm-hmm. and, are, are, and um, some of them have been here for a while. So it's it's just been, yeah, we love Dude Perfect man and yeah i've got to
0: say I mean during this coronavirus season, Dude Perfect has sincerely been a lifesaver to our family <laughs>
1: because That's we have, the same way, man
0: We have watched so many videos and they 're funny and they're fun and uh impressive and yeah i mean i I was reading i think they're the number one YouTube channel in the United States. I did mm-hmm. not realize how big, but uh right there in Frisco, man. Um, it's so
2: crazy to me that people are like making a living doing really uh, best-
1: <laughs> yeah, I
0: know.
2: This is, I love my job, but that is really
1: cool. Yeah.
0: Is yes, yeah. It's it's crazy. And
1: yeah, no one gave me that option in college, right? No, oh, yeah. was
0: yeah, trick wasn't shots. there? <laughs> so. Not like I'm skilled
2: enough well. at
0: all, but <laughs> I'm going to have to talk more about dude perfect with you later and obviously I'm going to be a hero when I go home today and tell my children I talked to a guy who, who's seen the dude perfect guys. Um, so look, we'll, we'll get on to the podcast as I was telling you guys, um, pre-recording, uh, we're kicking off season seven with you guys and we're entitling this season, COVID Discipleship, uh, Youth Ministry During a Pandemic. Uh, and so our hope is to, to help youth pastors think wisely about discipling students uh, during these very strange times. Uh, none of us on this podcast today pretend to have all the answers. Um, because we we just clearly know um, we don't know what next week is going to bring, <laughs> and, and and the good thing is, and this is already kind of getting into to some of it, we, we never have known, right? <laughs> I mean, we don't know what, uh, and not Amen. just because we're not just because Amen. we're sloppy youth workers, but um, you, you know, we've pretended to think we know. Okay, what tomorrow is going to hold, but you know, I just continue to think of James saying, you know, if the Lord wills, we'll we'll live and do this mm-hmm. or that. Um, and so obviously this is, this is a reality we're we're living in now, but you know, there's wisdom in multiple counselors as the Proverbs tells us. And so just having youth workers on from, you know, various contexts, talking about youth ministry, I think it can, uh, you know, help raise questions that maybe even other youth workers aren't, aren't even Uh, thinking about or or just kind of you voicing something will help others kind of process this whole, this whole season. And so I'd love to hear kind of, uh, from you to your context and and a little bit about what you're doing and so I think maybe that's just a good place to start is, is maybe just describing the current state of COVID uh, in your area of the country to just give us some some context about okay schools restaurants various restrictions with masks all that kind of stuff and so just at the time of this recording uh, Lynn how about you start off and then AJ what what are some of the things going on with schools churches things like that
2: Sure. Um, I'm not like well versed in what phase we're in because it
0: sure. <laughs> <the> time, but, <laughs> well, um, it's hard to keep up with the phases anyway. You it know?
2: is, yeah. And then the threat of like, w- well, we'll go back if you guys can't, you know, play by the rules. So <laughs> I <just laughs> don't know. Um, but right now, um, uh, we also have a large homeschool community at our church, and so with that, it's also. Um, it's been a little I've had to be more diligent about about keeping up with what is going on in our public schools. So some of our public schools are going all virtual for the first nine weeks, and then we'll reassess then. Um, We are allowed to have church, but we can't have gatherings um, inside of more than 50 people. Outside, it's um, pretty open to doing that. Uh, And uh, yeah, we have to wear a mask when we're inside. Of course, no matter how many people are there, you have to have your mask on unless we're inside of our offices. Um, so that's yeah, been kind of changing the way that we've been thinking about what youth is going to look like, um, and uh, uh, it's made it very interesting. But um, I'm sure we'll get into that. So yeah, uh, for us, it's with the fall starting. At, uh, a lot of our homeschool students, not much has changed for them, um, but the the public school students who we do have there. Um, uh, starting to look to the homeschool students a little bit more about like wait, how do you do this like all the
0: oh,
2: time. Yeah. Uh, so in that sense, it's been really great for us. But I think those are our basic COVID things. And then I forgot what the rest of the question was.
0: No, that that's good. That gives us okay. just kind of an idea. So that's good, AJ.
1: Um, I feel like Texas um, is uh, looser than a lot of the rest of the country. Uh, maybe it's just our natural rebellion built into the people. Um. um but we are required to wear masks as we go into the vast majority of businesses, but with church, they've made an exception. Um, So when we meet on Sunday mornings, the vast majority of our members walk into church with masks on, but most of them, by the time they get to their seats, which are socially distanced, I feel like everyone's flying first class now with the length of the distance (laughs) in rows that they're in. Um, they take masks off. Now that's different, you know, in children's ministry contexts, and if they're volunteers and workers, we're requiring them to wear masks. Um, but that is, there's no like mandate or anything like that. Um, when we meet outside with students, again, the mandate is not there. And if we've been doing indoor stuff, like we served at a um, kind of back to school event with a ministry in town, we, we asked masks to be worn. Um, but it really is much more up to um kind of the, the local bodies um, we have some churches that haven't even started meeting again yet in town and we have some of the the larger mega churches that are uh, meeting um, they they don't have again they, they don't have something official from the government that limits capacity I almost wish they did because then us in ministry wouldn't look like the bad guys as we make all these decisions right um, yeah. so when we make decisions on okay well Masks aren't mandated. You have a portion of the congregation that gets frustrated, and when we try to mandate masks, the other portion of the congregation is frustrated. Instead of us all being able to blame the governor or the mayor or something like that, <laughs> um, so it's been it's been different um, and and difficult. Uh, School wise, it's uh, very similar. They gave it an option here, so you could opt in to online learning or you could opt into classroom learning. Um, Frisco, in the higher income communities in our area, you have a lot more kids staying home. I think that's because they have parents that are able to stay at home and work too, or they have a mom at home that or a over dad at home that does that, that that's job is just the kids. In the lower income communities around us, it's a much higher that are going back to school. Um, I mean, clearly because of economic reasons, um, you know, that if you got single. Th- parent home, you got to send your kids somewhere if you're going to make an income. And if you Correct. got a dual parent um, workers, then you got to you gotta send them somewhere so they can, an income can be brought in too. Um, so it's really, I feel like, affected more of our low-income families um, in the mm-hmm. community more than anything. Um, I echo exactly what you said, um, Lynn, with this. I, we got a lot of homeschoolers too. We're about a third, a third, um, a third and when it comes to private, public, and homeschool. And Homeschoolers, not much has changed for them, but public schoolers are like, okay, what do I do here? What do I do in this situation? Um, And some of them are thriving and some of them are really just struggling. How do I, where's the structure? Um, Where's um, the deadline? None of those things kind of exist right now. Right. They even removed finals, I think, this year for uh, some of my 12th graders. and Yeah. Um, I'm I'm like, well, then how do you graduate? Like, in my mind, like, that seems important to educational process, but um, I guess not to the educators. Um, So um, that's where we're at in the midst of it. And like you said, I mean, you know, I was at soccer practice with my kids for the first time yesterday. And we're like, well, currently we're on plan two, three, you know, B. And uh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, we, we don't know what it's going to be next week on where we're going to stand. And if, ma- I mean, it's just, it's so fluid mm-hmm. and yeah. there's so much unknown. And I know we're going to get into it later, but the amount of anxiety that's creating
0: mm-hmm.
1: among kids and youth and adults, um, I feel like is through the roof. so Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's tough. I mean, the fluidity and not knowing—okay, which medical professionals to listen to—and one saying this, one saying that. I mean, it's just Man. created. Yeah, I mean, tough to 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 make any kind of plans. But but obviously, we—I mean, we know this is a tough season for for many reasons. I mean, we we have seen. I mean, and known probably many of us people have lost their lives to this. So it's it's sobering to to think about this as we kind of deal with some maybe more trivial frustrations. But then. Mm. Um, you know as as there's been a lot written about just the the unique struggles some some of those in ministries are dealing with uh during this this season, just kind of behind the scenes that there have been a lot in full time ministry are just really struggling and so just kind of hearing from from each of you uh, maybe yeah, there might be some overlap here, but kind of on a personal level, uh, what are some of the struggles you guys have been dealing with, and then even from a ministry perspective uh what what have you been struggling with and what has the lord been been teaching you so um aj do you want to start us off there
1: uh sure um you know one of the things especially early on like when everything came to a halt um around march april i don't even know anymore sometime in <laughs> in the spring right um we took really kind of a week week and a half to kind of see what would happen before we made any decisions um and even then, you know, the, when you finally make a, a choice on the path you're going to take, there's not much confidence in, in your stride. Um, and so um, ministry as an idol came up real quick to me, um, mm-hmm. you know, around April, May, especially as stuff was starting to close down. Right. Um, you know, we're trying to do online stuff for students. Um, <laughs> They're already on Zoom meetings for five, six hours a day, right? So tell them to jump online again that night for a Bible study. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were uh, less than excited. Um, So, you know, our one meeting um, had, you know, like a lot of kids, nine or 10. And then, you know, from different homes. And then it slowly dwindled, dwindled. And there were several meetings where, you know, like no one showed up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really discouraging. Um and really like, okay, am I doing something wrong I'm at fault like uh, there's just a lot of self-doubt that took place
0: yeah um,
1: but it, you know I what kept coming up both in my one-on-one conversations with students and in my um, as in personal study and in prayer is I forget what year it was John when um, the theme at RYM Colorado was, even if you can't see God at work, right, we know that he is. Mm -hmm. Um, And that theme kept coming up with parents (laughs) and students and in my own personal life. um, Because I felt a lot of my value was tied up in what I was doing for the kingdom and not the king. Mm -hmm. And so reminding and being reminded in scripture and with dear saints that come alongside you, that your value is rooted in who you are in Christ and not um, how good of a servant you are in the midst of a pandemic, right? Um, Or how many kids are showing up to your Zoom meeting, or I mean, it it was needed and good, and I feel like it was painful and it stunk Mm -hmm. in the midst of it, but in the long run, you know maybe I'll remember it this time, right like maybe <laughs> I'll be able to uh, <laughs> constantly you know be reminded that my value is in Jesus, it is not mm-hmm. in um, my work for Jesus. I'm to strive with all my energy because uh, the king loves me uh, not to earn his favor mm-hmm. and so um that's I feel like personally that's where it's really hit me, right, mm-hmm. and then trying to relay that to my, you know, at my own personal kids too, right? They're inside all the time, high anxiety, stressed, Mm -hmm. and they're little, they're not teenagers yet, but they still feel it. Mm -hmm. And so it's reminding them where their value is in the midst of all this. And um, they don't have to be scoring a hundred goals in soccer to have value. And they don't Mm -hmm. have to be singing, you know, the best kid in choir to have value. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with students. As we've met with students and talk with students, where is your, where is your value grounded? Right, a lot of it comes back to identity. Where do we find it? So mm-hmm. I feel like that's been a constant running theme.
0: So. Yeah, that that's good. And and as you said, it's hard. I was thinking of I think it's Paul David Tripp who talks about the sting of of grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that grace can hurt. At times. And it's the Lord revealing, you know, the idolatry of, of our heart. And even when, you know, as what we know, idolatry is is often something good like ministry and mm-hmm. how that can become an idol. So no, that's that's helpful to hear. Lynn, what about you? Just personal level as well as ministerial level? Again, some of those are going to overlap a little bit.
2: Yeah. And I so echo to AJ, what you are saying, this definitely has been an idol revealing time (laughs) for sure. Not just for myself. Um, definitely, but for students as well, like, Oh, like when I'm not known as a soccer player, who am I, you know, like Mm. all of those things. So we've definitely been going through that too. Personally, I feel like God has been so, so sweet in reminding me that he is outside of time, right? So like when um, it was March and we got the, the whatever it was, the timeline, I was like, okay, yep, you're not gonna be able to do anything again outside until June something. I remember <laughs> being outside thinking, oh my gosh, like. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I was just immediately so sad. I was like morning baseball season and what that all means, you know, outside <laughs> of activities, being with friends, enjoying that so much. And I just went into this state of shock, but God was so kind to remind me like, Lynn, do, do you not think that I am not in your April and your May and your June? Like, do you not think that I'm not there already that I've Already taking care of the things that are going to come up this this, you know, um, ah, feeling for lack of a better word that you're feeling in your heart. Do you not think that I'm already working this together for your good. God has been so sweet in reminding me that over and over again and um, to to do that in ministry as well, like I just keep ripping off the months on my calendar, like they're empty. You know, I spilled coffee mm-hmm. on my my planner, and I was like, "Do I even bother getting a new one?" Like I don't think <laughs> so. Like, I don't think so. I'm not right now. And it used to like really like just drive me crazy. Of like, well, I don't know what to plan in a couple of weeks because who knows what's going to be different? Um, and let that drive anxiety in me. Um, but God's been really sweet to just remind me that all of yeah, I I am at work in all of these things because that's what I do. Not because that's who you need me to be right now, but that's just who I do, who I am and what I do. I am mm-hmm. at work all the time for your good. And then also <laughs> a very sinful flesh revealing moment. I um, have been realizing how, how unready I am to sacrifice my own freedom. Um, God has definitely been showing me that in his kindness and yeah, in the nail file of the Holy Spirit, uh, showing me ways that I need to refine myself. Like when Paul talks in Romans about, um, not doing, causing your brother or your sister to stumble, just sacrifice a little bit of your freedom. And, and he talks about eating and drinking, but for me, it's like wearing my mask, not wearing my mask. I'm like, I'm a millennial. I'm fine. I'm healthy. (laughs) I'm not worried about anything, but if it's. I'm sure everybody's experiencing this in their church right now. It is a huge and polarizing issue of, mm-hmm. are we going to wear a mask? Are we not going to wear a mask? Are we going to listen to the governor? Are we going to like listen to God's authority? You know, <laughs> like <laughs> as if they're all in opposition to one another, it's so crazy. And so God's really been showing me my unwillingness to sacrifice my, my freedom and mm-hmm. even just the smallest way of when like it might not worry you, but it's causing somebody else a frustration and causing them to sin in their heart. So wear your mask. If that's, if that's as simple as it is, just wear a mask, you know?
1: Hmm. Um, So
2: God's definitely been uh, uh, kindly and not so gently (laughs) refining my character in those, in those ways over this past season.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a really good word, Landon. And to put it that way of uh, sacrificing your freedom, just the unwillingness uh, to put it that way. I don't don't know if I've, I've really, heard it put that way. Um, especially, you know, as we're thinking about mask and, and all that, it's just, Hey, can I just sacrifice a little bit to accommodate somebody else? So no, that's, that's helpful to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to shift a little bit and get us to to just hear about your ministries. Um, how have you sought to disciple students during this time, maybe sharing, you know, this is what has worked, and this is what hasn't worked. And of course, you know, what works in Virginia might not work in Texas, vice versa. But um, Lynn, why don't you start? What, what are some things that have worked uh, as you seek to disciple students? And then you can also, what hasn't?
2: great yeah so um in the beginning when we were all zoom all quarantined we did a um, middle school bible study on sunday mornings before church and our middle school students were well their parents were faithful to have them show up to that so that was really good and then we did a midweek wednesday night bible study that had attendance that kind of ebbed and flowed depending on what the weather was like um (laughs) as it really always is during ministry but um And then something that really worked out besides just the normal Bible studies that we were doing with discipleship was I decided to start a specific leadership development Bible study with um, multi-generational people. So I chose seven women in our church from ninth graders all the way up to some of our retired women. And uh, there were five students and two older women and then myself. And I said, hey, we're gonna do this specific bible study it's not just an open invite it's for anybody who wants to develop in leadership Hmm. um and so the first two weeks it was just a 12-week study we were going to go through the minor prophets and of course we started and we're like well we don't know if we can commit to 12 weeks because we don't know you know like what what the schedule you know phase whatever and then we made it through 12 weeks easy you know um (laughs) but yeah it was i led the first two weeks and then every week after that one of the girls took a turn leading the bible study and they received feedback in that and i think it was a really great way to disciple girls who are not you know necessarily working with milk anymore they're like more mature but also to have the older women with the younger girls in the bible study was so great and they've started connecting outside of that even just saying hi to each other when they see them at church and um one of the ladies has reached out and said hey I'd like to keep studying this minor prophet would you girls like to do that and they didn't have that relationship before That's awesome Yeah, that was something that worked out really, really well. So we're going to start another round of that with different um, women in September. Um, But that was different than just the general. Oh, it's a high school Bible study or a middle school Bible study, and that was really, really great. Um, And so that worked really well for us. Something that hasn't worked well for us is just yeah, a lot of the. I mean, in the beginning, it was like, okay, you've got this game on your phone. I'll download a game on my phone. We can play these games together. That was miserable for me because I hate playing games (laughs) on my phone. And there's a lot of things that I do. Yeah. Because students love it, and I, but I don't, but man, that was, that sucked. <laughs> 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 like, That's so what like, you yeah. really think. I know. I know. I'm like, <laughs> oh gosh, like besides just, just playing the game, but it, I mean, it just faded out so fast. Cause like AJ said, kids were fatigued already with the screens that it's just like, oh, this isn't even working. How do I connect with you while we can't leave our homes? Like, mm-hmm. um, so then it was just, I found the value in really short FaceTime calls, like, hey, I'm brushing my teeth, thought I'd say hi, like, the, I mean, only girls for me, you know, but girls <laughs> love that kind of stuff because they just yeah. love to have the camera on themselves. So they're like, oh, yeah, let me, I'm just going to like pick out my outfit for tomorrow. Just stay on the phone with me. And I'm like, okay, this is so easy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So that was actually like really fruitful, but not, not a- incredibly effective, like a- mm. long lasting, but.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's that's good to hear. That's yeah, interesting. AJ, what are what are some things that have worked and, and haven't worked?
1: You know, I haven't tried calling up guys and picking out wardrobe for the following <laughs> day, but uh maybe on. that might you be what now. we want to do. Let's see if we can matchy matchy next time we get together. <laughs> um well you know it when I again when we kind of reset and figured tried to figure out what to do, um we uh, at first, we started or we started this uh, just daily podcast for um, students and parents at home. So once I knew, we there's a good chance we're not going to be getting together any uh, for a good while here. Um, it was a good reminder that uh, I am not their um, spiritual shepherd. In one regard, that is their job, the par- the parents of these children, that is one of the things they will be accounted for when they stand before God in the last days, right? Say it again for the people God. in
2: the back, AJ, yeah, come man. on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and so how do I empower parents in this time where they're seeing their children more than they probably ever have over the course of the last year or two to really begin to disciple their children? So the podcast was a natural thing. I called it the quarantine um t i know very clever yeah, um unfortunately i really had to explain it to a lot of people for them to get it even <laughs> after, uh, as they looked at the word um uh, but that's fine that's fine i'm too clever for my own good right <laughs> um and so um i got um again kind of mixed like the honestly, the parents that were already kind of doing the discipleship stuff with their kids, they were like, yes, awesome. Like, this is a plug and play thing. We can discuss it. It's five to 10 minutes. Um, Let's do this. And for some parents, they'd occasionally jump on and use it. And other students, they occasionally jump on and use it. So I feel like it was, it probably was a revealer of how we um, disciple kids, uh, maybe, uh, and then uh, the tool I hoped it would be, uh, but I know it was used, again, God is at work, even in the midst of um, me not being able to check all the boxes that specific students need at specific types. So I, again, I need to be reminded of that and be aware of it. So in the long run, I think it was useful. I had talks with teens and parents that were using it, so it was good. Um, early on, so this was May, so this is like, right after they were beginning, at least in Texas, to loosen stuff before the spike happened in June. And when I asked parents, I have a smaller youth group, so we got about 20, 25 kids, and really that's like eight or nine families because I got some really big families in my youth group. And I was able to call up all the parents and I said, hey, hypothetically, this is not gonna happen, but hypothetically, if I had youth group this weekend, would you send your kid? And over 90% of them said yes. And so that was like, one, I was shocked by that. I didn't expect that at all. So it was like, okay, then let's begin to meet back in a more controlled environment. We're going to meet outside. Honestly, I had a baby on the way. It's what I felt most comfortable with um, and try to social distance as best we can. Um, And so we continued a lot of Bible studies and um, we didn't do youth meetings over the summer. We typically take summer off, but we just did Bible studies throughout the summer. It had very similar to you, Lynn, right? Like it's, it's summertime, so certain families go on vacation and certain kids can't make it. I have an interesting demographic right now where I got, I think, five seniors this year and um, four of them work um, and they work near full-time jobs. So like, hmm. like they're, they're busy, so sometimes they can't make it. And if they can't make it, they can't get their siblings to the Bible study too of their younger ones. So hmm. it's just this, it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, so ministry in our context, in some ways, went on as it typically did throughout the summer. Kids who, for one reason or another, were not gonna come to events because masks weren't mandated or, um, or they were just, parents were super worried because of older family members being around them and living with them. You know, a lot of those kids, I haven't got to see in person, but I've got to have phone conversations with, Um, but I do feel like there's been a lot of disunity in our group and um, Mm. the sense of, okay, how do we begin to reconnect in the fall? And because stuff hasn't let up here, I don't even know if they're going to get a chance to reconnect, like, you know, physically. Um, Mm. And that just guts me for those kids who can't make it for whatever reason. And I completely understand. Right. Um, and so how do you connect kids who are already screen wiped, right. With other kids who are also screen wiped who they have not interacted with in months because of a pandemic. Right. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: And so it that's been the constant prayer on my heart is that, okay, kids, you know, even think of some of your other youth members that, um, you haven't got to see and reach out to them and, um, and I can challenge them all I want. Right. And some of them will do it. And some of them will be like, Oh, what was that person's name? Like you've been to youth group with them for five years. Like you should have this down. You have their contact information. I know you do. Um, so it's, it's just been a, a trying season and I feel like it, we're going to continue to be in the, this kind of trying season and have to be reminded again and again that these are covenant children. These are the lords, right? Mm. It's amazed me some of the kids that I thought, man, this is going to really isolate them and they're just going to be struggling. Those are the ones that are, you know, posting at least posting really kind of great stuff on Instagram and like um, it seems like when I talk to them they're encouraged and not drained right because they are spending time in the word and some of the kids that I thought (laughs) you know you're introverts you're going to love this season right they're drained from being at home and they Mm -hmm. feel probably drained emotionally and spiritually uh, the most Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's been interesting to see what peaks the Lord has brought certain kids to and what valleys the Lord has brought certain kids to, but it's good to know that the Lord is with them, whether they're in the Valley or the peak. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't have to be holding their hand as a youth minister, um, whichever part of their So, Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, no, that's helpful. That last little bit, you said about holding their hand in the midst of this. I think that, all, all the youth workers are feeling that, and that can kind of get into some of that idolatry that we're talking about mm-hmm, as, as well it's like we're we're called to do this and we want to be faithful we want to do it, but then at the same time, you know stepping back and realizing the Lord has us here um in this season and, and resting in his his sovereignty um look before we move off of this, just quickly what are y'all's plans for the fall? Um, do you have something in place a study or what are some things you're going to move forward and, and attempt to do again with, with so many unknowns in place. Uh, Lynn, do you want to share and then AJ?
2: Sure. We have a great property here. We have so much space, which is such a blessing um, all the time. Um, So we are going to meet outside um, in this little area that we have that's close to grass, so we don't really have like games planned because how do you do that? Stay socially distanced, you know. Um, but when the weather's good, we're just going to split up into our we call them D groups, discipleship groups outside. Um, and then when the weather's not great, our facility is big enough that we can split up into smaller groups and then come inside. Mask will be required then, um, just while they're walking around. Um, but those are our plans right now. I don't. Um, I don't know what our study is going to be yet. Uh, we haven't talked about that. John probably knows because he's always on it. Um, but <laughs> so um, I love him. He's great. Uh, yeah, but I um, I think people are really excited to come back. I think more students are going to come back than we than we probably would have guessed. Kind of like yeah, the ninety percent say they're ready to come. It's crazy. Um, it is crazy. Yeah. So um, we're going to be meeting outside unless the weather calls us inside. Mm.
1: Right. AJ, what, what are some of y'all's plans? Um, well, yeah, we're very similar. Um, we, we rent property, so we don't own it. And it's uh, it's back in the neighborhood. So there's not much place to stretch out, you know. Um, so it's a little bit different in that regard because, I mean, when we come inside, I'm still trying to figure out how we're going to do small groups on a night that it does rain or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and it's been 100 degrees pretty much every day in Texas for the last <laughs> week, right? So um, kids love being outside in that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I don't, we're still trying to figure that out. I'm meeting with my leaders this week to kind of put certain things in stone. um, Just to all be on the same page. Um, You know, we go through kind of a teaching um, cycle uh, just to make sure. I don't get to do Sunday school with my students. We don't have the facilities for it yet. Um, So we had to be really creative on what is going to be our educational strategy for teenagers for their seven years that they're with us. So we're on the hermeneutics year, so which honestly is my favorite. It's kind of plug and play, go through a couple of books of the Bible, teach them how to read scripture. Um, it's probably the, the easiest year for me because um, there's not a lot of other outside resources I'm having to go to to um, put together messages or topics. So, um, But yay, hermeneutics year. I love it.
0: great well hey well like shifting from students to parents uh we know as it's already been said on here um it's not just ministry to students youth ministry Mm -hmm. that is it's also ministry to parents uh what about some of the struggles you're having with parents challenges that you you might be having with, with parents i mean you don't have to get too detailed um but if there's you know, challenges that you've had. And then also maybe some, some things you've learned from that, that you could kind of impart to others. Uh, how, has how this unique season brought about also unique struggles? Um, who, who wants to, uh, y'all can paper on,
2: we'll on paper, both stories. You go first, AJ. It's not <laughs> <Awesome. right. laughs>
1: okay, I'm going to, I'm going to spill all the dirt. I'm naming names. Um, so, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. All the parents <laughs> that are listening, just freaked out. Um, so, uh, It's just been honestly, and they know this, I've had these conversations with all of them. It's just been difficult. Like we, I feel like we have more people on opposite ends of the spectrum than we do in the middle. Hmm. And so I have parents who will not send their students to youth group unless masks are mandated. And I have parents who have told me straight up, if you mandate masks, I'm not sending my kids to youth group. And so I have this very small group of people in the middle that are like, look, we'll do whatever, right? (laughs) and so it's been, it's been really hard, um, to, because there's not a balance. I'm gonna, I'm gonna frustrate somebody, mm-hmm. and it is literally a no win. Um, and I'm, I'm someone who wants a win, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I want, I want unity within the body, mm-hmm. um, and I want, especially teenagers that need. Um, I feel some peer to peer interaction um, and the sense of walking the Christian life along somebody along with somebody who is not their just their parent, right? Parents. I'm not discounting parents. Please don't hear that. Um, (laughs) Parents are essential, Um, but I think it's good. So how do you do that? So um, it's just been guys. It's just been hard. Um, I wish I had an answer for this, you know, honestly, because of, Numbers in a specific direction. I've made a youth group decision in that direction, just because I know I'm going to have a lot more kids on that end of the spectrum, and the ones that can't, I have to meet with them outside of that scenario and catch up with them um, throughout the week at different times, and that stinks, right? I yeah. hate it. Um, and even though I, you know, when we go back to youth group, we're going to be streaming it. Um, using a uh, phone and FaceTime, like whatever, you know, resources, or we'll get super, you know, redneck creative when it comes to. Um, um, There's going to be some making... duct tape involved, right? Of course, man. <laughs> like I grew up, I spent 13 years in the Carolinas. So I know how to use some duct tape. There you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> um, so we are going to do our best and um, do our best to make sure students are connected, but that's going to be, difficult and hard. And whatever side of the spectrum that um, I've on the phone with parents or talking to them in person, and I I'm, I have to remind that I really do love your kids. I really do love your family. And this is a hard season. And I really wish this was easy. And I know you want me to make a different decision. And honestly, I kind of want to make a different decision too. <laughs> some of these times, right? But how do I do ministry in a context that is so polarized um, and not just like medically, but then you get into the politics too. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, I mean, the moment they try to go down that rabbit trail, I'm like pulling them back. Right. Like get off, get Mm -hmm. off. Um, uh, It's just, it's, it's hard. Uh, You know, if I'm going to, if I was going to bring this up in additional thoughts, but this is probably a good, place to put it now. Like, if you have friends with other youth pastors, directors, volunteers Mm -hmm. in the area, reach out to them. Mm -hmm. Like, even if it's just getting together and on some back porch hanging out and just venting right? Um, and check in on them. I, I have friends who have lost their jobs over this, either because the church can suddenly not afford them, um, because they're, you know, second or third tier youth leaders in a large church, and the money's all dried up. Um, or they had such different personal feelings about the virus than leadership at the church that they just had to part ways, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's been hard on, especially them, and then those who are left in ministry, trying to do that. So if you're listening to this, I think the first thing you need to do after you've done with this podcast is call up a buddy um, mm-hmm. or a friend just to check in on them um, because everyone's struggling here. Um, mm-hmm. This is the struggle bus. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: and so that's right
0: now that that's a good word. I mean, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's always been important to, to have that, community of youth workers in your area i know not everyone um, is blessed with that uh, but if you if you are to have that because i mean you're you're meeting with a group of people who know exactly what you're going through Mm -hmm. um they they get it and so yeah it's vital but especially during these times i think that's a a good word um what are some thoughts just with with parents struggles yeah uh, Good things too.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I'd be so happy to plug uh, YLT too right now because that's part of the reason I keep going to YLT. And I still have a a text thread with some of the um, girls, the women I met there and some of the other Mm -hmm. pastors I met there. Because yeah, when you do the same thing as somebody else you, there are just certain things you don't have to explain that they're just like yeah i totally get it you know <laughs> like, yes even if it's like remind me i can't act like a ninth grade girl please and she's like oh yeah you don't even want to go back you know it's just it is so helpful to have somebody who just says yeah i know you know and actually mm-hmm. does and is a safe place for that as well um but yeah for, <laughs> for me parents have um been yeah i uh, <laughs> I think the hardest thing with parents has been recently because their kids are at home more their hands are more in their lives read they have more of an opinion about how much i am doing or am not doing in their students life you know Mm -hmm. and so it's for some people it's like i you know like you need to just let her come to you about this issue that she's having whatever like you know okay that's fine or like you need to pursue her more you know you're not pursuing her enough and i'm like oh my gosh okay um parents are having more opinions because they're at home more with their students and not necessarily anything that i've done has changed they're just um more aware of it i guess if there's a better way to say all of that as you know um but yeah i think um the biggest problem the biggest obstacle I've had recently is that parents are inserting themselves to an unhelpful degree in um, relationships with other students as well. So for example, we've got two students who they're having a hard time communicating and both sets of parents have decided to enter into that and it's just made it so much worse because now it's not just these girls' feelings are hurt, their parents' feelings are hurt and so their other siblings are hurt. Too. You know, it's um it's become a bigger issue which is so unfortunate um Mm -hmm. so that's been a struggle but on the flip side like some parents are so wonderful and so kind and are just even if i do just go over and drop off a milkshake at a girl's house Mm -hmm. because she's i've not seen her for a while they i get a text like that is so wonderful that you just took the time to come over here and just drop that off you know like they're so grateful for just even the little things and to I think that's also something that we need to remember as a, uh, youth workers, but also just as a believers, is everything communicates something. Mm-hmm. So our silence communicates something. Our trying our best to have, even if three kids come to youth group, like that communicates, hey, we thought it was valuable enough to do it. Um, everything communicates something, um, and so yeah, when numbers are down, it does. That's I, I was like that too in the beginning of COVID. I was telling John, I was like, why were we even doing this? There's four kids on the Zoom and those kids like are there because their parents are like faithful people and they just sit them in front of the computer. And he's, you know, just no, Lynn, like we need to do it for those four kids. And I'm like, well, if there's not 20 kids in it, then like, what is, is it really <laughs> worth the effort here? But another pastor friend of mine, not my boss, who I was just talking with him and he said, Lynn, everything communicates something you <laughs> um, and yeah, and it really does. That's been kind of the wind beneath my wings um, to Beth Bettendler uh, lately. It's just, Lynn, even when it feels so small, just do it and just believe that the Lord will breathe on it because that's what he does. Not, that's not yeah. what I do. Um, so there's, yeah, I've been this uh, difficulty with parents being super involved and uh, having stronger opinions or louder opinions uh, versus the parents who are just like, "Oh, that's great! Like everything you're doing is great." <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I've definitely—it's been reinforcing to me. Everything communicates something.
0: Hmm. Now that, yeah, that's another good word. And and look, I wanted us, as, as I said, kind of in the the intro to this, is to to raise some questions. I, I mean, again, there's so much uncertainty. There's so much we don't know. And so, what are some of the questions you guys are currently wrestling with, um, specifically in you know the area of discipleship? Uh, what what are some of those things that you're just kind of struggling with as you're trying to plan, as you're dealing with parents, students, or w- whatever it is? Um, what are some of those that come to the surface? Uh, Lynn, AJ, who wants to go first?
2: <laughs> Do you want to go, AJ?
1: You know, I'm struggling. It's it's not as much. It's the application of discipleship that I feel like is the hard thing right now. It's not necessarily discipling someone. I, I've done, you know, we've, I've been in this job for a very long time, right? Like sitting down with a student and talking to them about Jesus is not hard for me, right? Um, but it is, how do I do that in a way? And it's the exact same. It's exactly actually what Lynn said. And that is, um, because everything communicates something, right? Hmm. So in my head, uh, if I'm sitting down for a coffee or well, an iced coffee here in Texas, you know, with a student, <laughs> um, cause I still need it. Remember that newborn. Um, right, you got to get it in. You got to get it in man. Dunkin' Donuts is offering like a buck 50 iced coffee all summer. It's been wonderful. Um, yeah. So as I'm sitting down with that kid, the, the, number of different things that are going are going through my mind do I keep the mask on as I'm outside with this student would that would that be comforting to them or do I take it off because they might be the type that is offended by the, the lack of face-to-face communication? like um, do i meet with this person in a group of people that might not all share their specific uh, views on covid um, but if i if i don't invite them does that leave them out and do then they feel like they're ostracized and then there's FOMO that is taking place. Like it's the application of discipleship and a lot of this, especially with those that are losing connection that I feel like, man, I don't know. I don't know where to go here. Right. Like the ones that have the same opinion on COVID they're, they're getting together. They're hanging out outside of youth ministry. It's how do I make sure that you're reminded that other students exist outside your Portion of the bubble in the youth ministry, and how do I get them interacting with everyone else? Where I'm like, I, I don't know, I don't know how to do that. Um, I it's just been hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I would if you have thoughts and solutions to the application of discipleship, I will gladly. If you're listening to this podcast, my email address is aj.swanson at cccfrisco.org. Hit me <laughs> up with solutions, y'all. Um, because, uh, it, and this is again with all the other youth youth workers that I'm hearing in my area. It's the exact same thing, right? Like, I walk into every you know interaction with a group or uh, a small or one on ones, and there is this nagging suspicion in the back of my head that how am I going to offend them, <laughs> right? Um, It's like walking into a political debate, you know, that might be more comfortable at this point, um, even in the middle of an election season. Like, it's just, how do you do this? I don't know. I don't know. That's really, that's the question that constantly is in the background. And Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, there there is, it. it just seems, I mean, there's this level of paranoia, I think that's kind of been raised and, you know, insecurity, I think it kind of, it gets at that. Um, that you're communicating something by the mask, by no mask, by social distancing, by all these different things. Uh, we're just so much more aware of it as we enter into public. You, you know, there there was just kind of this um, sense of normalcy we had to kind of everyday life. And all of a sudden, what's normal is abnormal, but we have it, we've got to get used to it. And so it's just bizarre and you take all this into the the area of discipleship and it just raises a a ton of questions
1: yeah i mean before covid we all played by the same social rules right like we had at least in our communities whatever context you're in you had social rules that you followed and in this because there are so many competing voices within the church within you know whatever twitter feed or or instagram feed or whatever feed you're feeding on um You know, you have all these different voices that the social dynamics, uh, there's nothing agreed upon. Um, And so, you know, last night at practice, do I shake the parents' hand? Do I nux or do I wave? Right? I don't know. Right? Um, And then we all had that awkward moment where we all tried to do different things and then we laughed at each other. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of people aren't laughing. Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? Well, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. no, That's yeah. That's some, some good thoughts. Lynn, what what are some of those things you're wrestling with the questions that are coming to the surface?
2: Yeah. I'm glad AJ went first. That was good. I'm <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause I, I was also thinking, I was like, I don't really know if I have any questions specific to discipleship. Cause yeah, it is like, Hey, do you want to read the Bible with me? Like, Hey, do you like, let's talk about Jesus, like discipleship in that way hasn't changed. It's the hard thing. Um, one of the hard things is, but back to parents is I feel like they're also changing what they're okay with frequently. Like I can hang out with one student and go for a walk with her. Um, yeah, this has been a problem in ministry. And so maybe, maybe you can feel me, uh, but like, I'll go for a walk with one student um, because her parents don't want us hanging out inside anywhere. And that's totally fine. But then I go spend the night at another student's house and, uh, that other girl gets mad because she thinks I'm favoriting this student when they're, you know, and it's, uh, no, like, I'll spend the night at your house too. I don't do that a lot, by the way. We were, we had a hurricane, lost power, and so they were like, oh, Uh, yeah, I was like, thank God for families. Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, that's also been a hard dynamic because then they can read into something that I'm not putting out there, you know, that I know, like, And it's all from this COVID thing, I could normally have the same social settings with all of them, except now it's, oh, no, I don't want them to hang out inside. Or if you do hang out, like, please do wear your mask, like things like that. It's fine. It just, it does change how to interact with students, which that's been actually really quite difficult. Um, But as far as discipleship goes, I feel like God's been very gracious and the Holy Spirit's been giving Mm -hmm. us a lot of creative ideas. And I'm so excited for him to keep doing that. So Lord Jesus, hear that for all of us, (laughs) Mm -hmm. us creative ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the questions I've definitely been asking myself is um, because it's hard enough to connect with students with whom you already have a relationship but how am I gonna reach new students? Like, how am I gonna reach out to communities? Like, that's the question that's really been in the back of, or in the forefront of my mind of what are you going to do to help other students? Because this is another huge opportunity with schools coming on. Like, even just thinking creatively of like, okay, we do have a large facility and we have kind of a lower economic area around here. Like, students who are virtual learning If there's multiple students in the house, maybe we can just offer up a place like, hey, we've got Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi. You know what? I'll also have snacks if you want and free like free water or drinks or sodas, whatever. Like just come hang out here socially distanced, but have a different place to do your virtual learning. Things Hmm. like that. Like, how do I reach out to to other families and other students who I don't have a relationship with? That's Hmm. that's been the hardest question for me to think about.
0: That that's a great question. But then I mean the the not a, the solution, but an idea that you just put out there of, uh, you know, the, the tension of how do we reach out to new students, but then even utilizing the church facilities to possibly mm-hmm. offer a place to to do their, their online education. I mean, that's, that's an excellent thought. Um, yeah. Now th- those are good. And look, I know we're needing to start wrapping this up, but, um, uh, Lynn, I know you were talking about something that Walt Mueller shared, and I think that'd be helpful uh, to, to bring up. And then AJ, any other thoughts as we we start to close out? But Lynn, why don't you share that? Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what Walt was saying.
2: Yeah, so we were talking about anxiety and students and parents and people um, just right now and how that's such a hot topic. And even we talked about it at um, YLT we, uh, with mm-hmm. Sissy Goff's book, Raising Worry-Free Girls, which was so phenomenal. Um, I definitely commend that. Um, but yeah how do we help with the anxiety culture that we have and so when we were talking about that i asked walt about what is the next trend that we as youth leaders need to be looking for um especially coming out of uh, not coming out of, being in this covid season whereas it's all the anxiety of not the uh, not the knowns. what is that going to uh birth really and he was saying that the trends that they're seeing right now is that there's going to be an increase in depression which totally seems like a natural thing oh. to yeah out of anxiety and all this alone time or not connecting or finding out who you really are depression and then also trends um, of suicide and so those are two things that we as youth leaders need to be aware those are going to be coming around the corner at whatever rate um, but those are going to be the new things that our students and our families are going to be dealing with is depression and then darker thoughts of uh, you know possible suicide and so that was good to know how I can be ahead of the curve on that and not be shocked when that comes around, and to be well resourced so I can resource others
0: yeah i'm I'm glad you said that and and just uh, the entire concept of being forward thinking trying to mm-hmm. think kind of ahead um, and, and something just said to comment on a few things you said as we throw out YLT, I know sometimes people are listening they don 't know what we 're talking about, so that 's youth leader training um r y m has been putting that on for the past fifteen plus years or so, and so If you're listening, you can get RYM.org slash YLT and you can find out some more information there. But then also I'm thinking of resources. um, Some people are aware of RYM's new track series and Ed Mm -hmm. Welch actually wrote a booklet for students um, a student's got to Anxiety, Discussing Anxiety. And so that can be a helpful booklet. It's written for students. I mean, it's very small. And so uh, if students want to pick that up, if youth leaders want to pick that up and put that in students' hands, I just want to make that available. And then I know David Murray, who is actually to be uh, YLT's main speaker, um, hopefully in January 2021, um, he just released a book, uh, and it's actually a two-volume book. One's written to a parent and one's written to a student. Um, I think it's entitled, Why Do I Feel This Way? Yes. Uh, okay. And then why why does, am I feeling
1: Why am I feeling like this? Okay.
0: And um, and a little preview, David Murray's actually coming on this podcast in a few weeks to discuss that book, but um, I just want to let people know about that book that's out there uh, because I know, I mean, well, with all that's going on, I mean, to not only have a book written for parents, but also for mm-hmm. students. So... Um, I've,
1: re- I've, I've read both of them. Hmm. Um, and they're very, they're very good. good. Um, so, uh, I've, one, I don't know why I didn't lead the season with a David Murray podcast the second time. <laughs> if we had to, if we had to follow him, I think it would have been, I think it would have been a disaster. Um, but yeah, I was, I mean, I literally have that pulled up right now because I was going to share that at the oh, end. Nice. It, those books are great resources um I, i've kind of shared those with parents uh, along with the, the ed welch one um you you're all series is good i um, mean and then i know a guy he wrote a book called insecure um uh, john Barrett, um and uh he uh that book is i feel especially when it comes to identity um does a good job in this season as well and again it's a, a short little book you know john does john understands the teenage mind don't give him um, you know, Bovink or something like that. So <laughs>
0: having ADD, that helps me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so,
1: yeah I yeah, feel so you, I'm, man. I feel
0: <laughs> you. <laughs> um, hey, look, I know we're, we're needing to wrap this up. Look, this has been just a joy to see the two of you, to talk to two, the, the two of you, and to hear how you're, by God's grace, seeking to remain faithful in the midst of this. And um, it's an encouragement to me. I hope all of those who are listening um, just. I would pick up plenty from this, but to, to know you're not alone uh, as you're seeking to to serve uh, and, and be faithful in whatever church you're in. So we hope this this is an encouragement to, uh, to all those listening. Uh, Lynn, AJ, again, you've got other things you can be doing. So thank you for taking the time to, to come on and to uh, to share what the
1: Lord's teaching you.
2: You're a sweet treat, John. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> I can't put it better than that, John. Uh, thank, <laughs> thank you, John. I appreciate you. <laughs> Awesome, thanks yes. Oh,
0: come and buy without money. Oh come and feast without money.